0: unnecessarily hostile, back up in your food court. I just ate two tacos, and they're still digesting as I speak, so I should not be on the microphone right now, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm going into the pool without waiting 20 minutes before swimming, after eating, however the expression goes. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to, uh, I guess, push myself every time I do a podcast. Now, last time I did the show when I was completely exhausted at about uh, late in the evening and I, and I wanted to see how far I could go. I did a full hour and I don't know if that means I have to do a, like a full hour every show now. Now, if I only do like 54 minutes, are people going to complain that I'm a bitch? Maybe. I don't know. That's your prerogative. I don't really care. I am above, <laughs> not above. Well, yeah, I'm beyond. It's a better word. I'm beyond seeking, uh, uh, public admiration. It's really nothing that ever came to me. Never, ever, ever. I've been living the same life for uh, years now. (laughs) Popularity contests. I've been failing since the second grade. Every time I see something popular going on in the culture, it all reminds me of the same party. I have not been getting invites to since forever. So, uh, it's really beyond me to even care uh, what's popular, what's cool. You know, I'm. If you're gonna be cool, you're just cool on your own terms. And if people don't aren't hip to it, it's like whatever. You just go meet other people that are cool to your shit. I don't know what I'm even talking about. I really don't have a lot to say. Usually, I have about two weeks between shows where I let ideas percolate, percolate, percolate. I don't know how to say that word. I let ideas. In my mind for about two weeks, and then i i i that's that's when they just they flow out. I give myself a couple of weeks to think about these thoughts then i've got like three or four different points I dive into them, I try to find a joke on the way, not always a success, but today i 'm feeling different. you know I ate some tacos so i'm i'm <laughs> i'm feeling full it's still kind of the morning i'm still awake i'm drinking a little bit of coffee. And I woke up way too early this morning. Way too early. Like, I was angry when I woke up this morning. You ever have those mornings? That's not... Like, let's not have a big fan fest about getting angry. I'm not trying to promote everybody get angry. Because anger is an emotion you have to have a good grasp on in order to allow yourself to have. Like, any emotion... You should allow yourself, you know, to to experience any kind of emotion. You shouldn't only feel one certain way or shouldn't be outbalanced by always feeling, you know, super happy or whatever. Because then by when a, when a real emotion comes along, like sadness or anger, you're not going to be able to handle it. Because you, you, you don't flow through the emotions if you don't experience them on a regular basis. So... I woke up angry this morning, but I know how to manage anger because I realize what's going on is that I'm being a little irrational and that I'm also probably leveling up in my life. I'm, I'm probably shedding old habits that aren't useful anymore, as they say in the hypnosis world, and I'm taking on new things without any kind of clue as to what direction I'm going, so with that level of uneasiness or whatever, you know... Yeah, I, I'm getting a little agitated, and I think that's what's happening. Because I, I mean, I went to bed angry last night. That's what happened. I, I couldn't sleep last night. I went to bed angry, and they say you shouldn't go to bed angry. But what else am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to pace back and forth between the house like a maniac? And let those thoughts fester until I start grabbing for kitchen knives. All It's not... A, no, go to sleep. If you're angry, go to take a nap. It's like having a flu. It's like you're sick. Just go take a nap. Nap it off. And then, but I woke up angry. So it's like it was a weird... But it was only like five hours of sleep. So it was a weird kind of thing. But then like whatever I was angry about, which was really nothing, I'm over now. I, I, I spent about an hour... Waking up this morning, and then, yeah, and then I was like, oh, I feel good now. Like, about 6.30 in the morning, I I was up for an hour, and I was like, yeah, I feel fine. I realized that my emotional, irrational anger that I was going through was just dumb, and then once that thought allowed to, like, flow through me a bit, then I got over it. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) It's 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 just growing up. That's all it is. You're just growing up without the tools necessary to know what to do. So then you get agitated and then you get angry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. My my uh uh, uh my acknowledgement of this I think comes from the time I spent diving into the world of Johnny Rotten, and I've got quite a few stories there. I guess I could tell them. I've probably talked about them on this show before. I've been doing this for about two years. I've got maybe about six months of shows online because the first year and a half, were dog shit. They're unlistenable. Unlistenable. See if I can do it in a funny voice. Is that more entertaining to listen to? I don't know. I've only done four and almost six minutes. I've got another 48 or whatever to go. I don't do math. You do math. I don't do math. You know, like astronauts know how to do math. That's why I don't work at NASA because those people are super good at math. So... One of my goals in life is to meet an astronaut and just ask him, how's all that work? That's it. I just want to meet an astronaut and say, tell me about math. And then I'll give him about 14 minutes to just talk and try to, try to learn, try to learn me something, try to learn me a skill. So, yeah, I, uh... I remember, here's, okay, here's where I'll, I'll dive into the Johnny Rotten stuff, because the dude's my hero, and I read all his books. The man wrote two biographies, a little excessive, but he wrote them at two different points of his life, and he is a very interesting character. And the first one was kind of just about the career. The second book was more like, I'm an old man now, here's my story. Uh, But I haven't read them in years, so I don't have any recommendations. Go read all you want. I don't, you know, I don't have any. I'm not. I'm not Yelp reviewing it for anybody. You know, like I don't. I don't even trust reviews. Like every time I buy something online, it's just my whole email now is just sales shit. I have to. I have to review something. Somebody wants me to sign up for their Mega Masterminder class. I don't have time for all that shit. It's my whole email now. It's like every time I go into email, it's like looking at it's, it's fucking billboards or something. It's just advertisements. What happened to emails? What happened to somebody? mailing me pictures of their dick you know that was the good old days of the internet 2005 we didn't know what to do with the emails you just filled out like a a personality thing about 50 questions about you and then someone emailed you their penis that was the good old days of the internet when it was free now the internet has been taken over by the business people and it's just all advertisements are there even dicks on the internet anymore i don't think there are I haven't gone looking for them, but I'm pretty sure I would find one. But the the amount of time I spend online, dicks are should be showing up every third website. Cause I spend a lot of time online. You know, every Amazon page should just have a dick on the bottom, like, do you want to go to the next page? Click this dick. Cause that's kind of what they're doing to you. They're just they're just dicking us. Every time we go online now, it's just like buy this, buy this, grab my dick. Give me money, grab my dick. So that's the internet in a nutshell, bust a nutshell, word play. I got into Johnny Rodden late in life. Uh, that's, you know, he, he was the punk rock guy, right? The icon, the legend. And so that's generally a teenager thing. Um, Oh, well, I was saying a minute ago, yeah, I've only done like, or I've done two years of podcasting, but the first year and a half is just garbage. Even stuff I did three weeks ago, if I listen to it now, I'm like, ugh, garbage. So listen to you, listen to it while you can, because I'll probably pull it down from the internet. Now, back to Johnny Rotten. See, I like to juggle topics. It's kind of a radio skill. You throw three plates up in the air, you catch one, you talk about that. You throw it up, you catch the other, you talk about that. Suddenly, you got a dynamic going on. As an artist, anyway, I got into Johnny Rodden late in life, not as a teenager. Because when I was a teenager, punk rock was dumb as shit. I was a teenager. Uh, I turned thirteen in the year two thousand, literally when the millennial balls dropped. So did mine. And so at that time, punk rock was just Blink one eighty two and Green Day, and even those bands had already. It's they were. It was just fucking it was like um what florida spring break dumbass shit i don't know how else to say that that was that that's how i described that music i didn't call it punk rock i called it florida spring break dumbass shit then you had bands like good charlotte i called them California bitching bands because that's what they were they weren't sublime they were trying to be sublime but they were just California bitching and those were the two styles at the time I had an onion on my belt so I didn't listen to any of that stuff and so I didn't really do any kind of like historical research like you know once you get into a style of music you start going back in time and seeing what your favorite bands were influenced by and then you get into those bands I mean I didn't even listen to the Beatles until I went to England when I was like 22 or yeah about 22 or 23 I took a road trip to Liverpool with a couple of girls we took a train over then they ran a train on me I was the bitch in the middle <laughs> It was it was a reverse train on me I was just humiliated by these two women Uh no that didn't happen but I, the joke was there I had to go for it I had to go for it <laughs> so so but I I went to Liverpool when I was like 22 and I like on the way there I was in my mind I was like I don't know one Beatles song. I don't have a I've been listening to classic rock radio for the past 4 years in the factory world. You'd think that after hearing all nine songs that they play on Classic Rock AOR radio, you would think that I would know a a, a Beatles song a beetle, a beetle song, a beetle, a beetle. I'm just singing poetry now. I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah, I couldn't think of one. And then I, I went to the whole, like, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the John Lennon bar and the, I went to the, uh, t- t- the museum on the, the boardwalk or whatever. And I, I really actually just went to the gift shop. I completely skipped the Beatles museum. I just went and bought John Lennon sunglasses and then when I went outside the gift shop, the girls I was with, like, they'd, they'd ran off, and they went to the museum without me. <laughs> and then they found me on the sidewalk, and they were like, dude, you missed the museum because you were too busy buying merch. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's kind of me. I'm kind of a merch guy. Like, like I don't even like going to shows to see music. I just like buying the the, the fun stuff you know like i like i don't even like hanging out with girls for sex i just like getting a train ran on me (laughs) damn it that joke didn't work either i'm I'm gonna find a way to make that joke work maybe not in this episode but stay tuned next week as i talk more about trains getting ran on me by two girls and i'll try to make sense fuck i should quit talking so much and just get on with my story I'm getting to Jotty Rotten. I'm getting there. Punk rock. When I was a teenager, didn't like it. Didn't get into it. Same thing with the Beatles. I was kind of going off on a side quest there that just turned into some bullshit. But getting back to the story, in the 2000s when I was a teenager, didn't like it. I was into heavy metal. And then when I was in my 20s and I went to England is per my agreement with the United States government to leave the country for a few years after joining the Air Force. I was in England and then I, I decided, alright, it's time to maybe dig into this this punk thing. Cause I know it, it kinda started in London or something. I don't know. I hadn't read any of the books yet. <laughs> I didn't, I hadn't had any of the, the 13 year old arguments over New York or London. I did and I still haven't, and I still don't care because that's kind of, that's that weird teenage shit that teenagers argue about. Like it's always goofy. It's just, it's that level of perception is just, it's, it's so goofy to me. Even at, like in, the, in Minnesota, there's, there's the weird argument is St. Paul or Minneapolis better. <laughs> Who cares? Shut up. <laughs> you child, that's get into an interesting theory and then come back. But don't be don't be comparing apples to apples, the green apples to red apples, and pretending you're comparing apples to oranges like you're f- interesting. Fuck. Okay. All right. I gotta just keep going with this shit. I'm trying to say. So yeah, I finally I, I sat down and listened to Nevermind the Bullocks. And then that was like, yeah, it was okay. I listened to it. And then like a week later, I listened to it again. And it was like fucking amazing. I was, I don't know. Then I got really into that album for years. I mean, for years I got into, it was like my workout album. It was like, it just, you know, it was a big part of music that I had missed out on. And then when I got to it, I realized like, oh, dude, that's, that's what I've been feeling for ever. That's what's been flowing through the culture that I was not aware of. You know, just mad, angry British youth. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Here's a, here's a neat part of it. Uh, years before I even got into any of that, I got into that Neil Young song, Hey, Hey, My, My. And it has the lyric, Is This the Story of a Johnny Rotten? And when I first heard that song as a teenager, I knew that was like an important thing being said, and I had no idea what it meant. I was just driving around with my friend Tim, and we were listening to the song on cassette. As I'm so old, I had a car with a cassette player when I started driving. Take that, Zoomers. (laughs) Don't know how to use iTunes and shit. And, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I never really got into it. I never really did my research then. Like, what does that mean, Johnny Rotten? It sounded provocative and something that I should listen to. I should know more about, but I I didn't get into it. But, I remember... Okay, you remember when the Mayans calendar thing was up? The year 2012? Like, there was... It was, uh, what was it? It was like December or something. I don't know. But the Mayan calendar had ran out. And everybody was predicting, It's gonna be the end of the world! As we know it. And I feel... And I remember that day in particular, because, uh, I mean, they had it down to the minute. It was gonna be like... England time, let's just say it was going to be like 3.04 p.m., and I remember that exact minute I was driving around on the, the air base that I was working on, and I remember, I'm so dumb, I was looking up at the sky, just like waiting for the hand of God to come down and squash the earth or something like <laughs> just total bullshit like it it was total bullshit everybody knew it but it's at the same time you know in the back of your mind you're like oh, well this might be the end of the world so i remember that i was driving around waiting for god and at the same time i was listening to neil young's hey hey my my because the night before that i went to see johnny rotten in london he was playing with pill I mean, he was in his, what, late 50s, 60s, and he was still kicking ass. And I remember that concert was, like, it's one of those shows that just kind of was, like, you know like i i I caught firsthand why that dude is such a legend in performance, like it's like I don't video doesn't do it justice, I don't know how to explain that, but I just seeing the live atmosphere and being part of it, and I'm standing on the guardrail right up front because I sat there for two hours at the beginning of the show, while everybody else drank just so I could get my spot uh but yeah, they played the uh um. Now, I don't see, I saw them a couple of times. I don't remember what show it was, doesn't matter, but I just remember that was like an earth shattering, changing experience for me. I was like, This dude fucking rocks, dude! Grandpa Rotten. So, I uh, yeah, then I ended up learning that song, Hey Hey My My, which I play to this day. Uh, I've got a recording of it uh, on YouTube, my dad and I playing it, he's on the harmonica. And we just played it like a week, like two days ago, just to, you know. So it's something I still do years later. It's a great song, always has been. Um, okay. So here's where here's where the the fun story begins. All right, you can you can fucking YouTube link in the comments the, the time frame 1840 or whatever. Here's here's where okay. So I was in England for four years. Four fucking years, and I traveled around a lot, a lot, a lot. A beetle, a beetle. I traveled around a bit, and I saw. I like. I. I saw all of London. I saw Shakespeare's fucking house. I, you know, I drove over to like, Plymouth, you know, just to see some ocean shit. I drove up to Scotland, you know. I saw the big statue that stands on the highway that looks like a brown, I don't know, Jesus or whatever. It just stands there with its arms open. Went to Stonehenge. I saw all of England, and I saw a ton of London, including the center point of the world, Greenwich, where they have like the—I uh, don't know—people that are smarter than me could talk this out, but like you know that the fucking thing where they measure the time zones, the time zone measurer, that fucking line. Well, okay, so I went there a couple of times, actually, more than once, and one time I went there uh, with a couple of friends from the base, and that afternoon, we were going to go on a, a boat cruise down the Thames, saying it wrong on Purpose River, to watch a Sex Pistols cover band play on the exact same boat that the Sex Pistols got arrested on in 77. This cover band was playing that boat that evening. So, like we all went down to London and were just jollying around the fucking the the burg you know the town <laughs> until until and you know it, it took off on the the, the big Ben pier, like the exact point it was like it was all perfect, it was like a fucking recreation of f- thirty five years before or whatever, and I was the only person that we were the only people there under like thirty everybody else was like fifty, and they had been to the original one, so it was just like. I'm hanging out with the original punks, and they traded in their ironic swastika armbands for buzz cuts and beer guts, but they're still like, hey, Fuck the system, mate. That's how they all talk. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They're going to fucking get their car lug like, fixed. Like, I need an engine change. It's how punks talk. Get to learn the language. It's called English. And so, yeah, we went to see that show, and then, but before we did that, like I said, we were at Greenwich, and we were at that point on the Earth, like the the Prime Meridian, is that what it's called, or, was that, or is that one of the other lines? The fu- no, it's Greenwich, it's the Greenwich Mean Time line, whatever, it's the fucking International Date line. And we were, like, we were gonna, like, take a picture there, and I'm like, I'm standing on, like, the point where everybody takes a picture, there's, like, a, a cement thing in the wall or whatever. And then I remember as the three of us were standing there, I let out this outrageous fart. It was so nasty. It was like just from the bowels of like, it was so far up my ass, it was coming out of my throat backwards. Like, that's how far up this fart came from. It was just one of those, you just south of the border, clear the room, hazard farts. And we all ran away from uh, the Greenwich line thing. So that was my memory of Greenwich. I'm saying all this because I want you to know that I have not only an understanding of Greenwich meantime, I have an, a a memory I will not be able to forget because it was there was comedy involved and you know it was like an important day of my life as a music fan and musician and artist whatever. It was like a whole thing. It was I fucking shit myself on the in fucking the middle of the the earth, the fuck, you know, it's like when the Navy guys go over the, the equator or whatever they do, you know, for the first time, they all butt fuck each other or whatever they do. Like that was, I I farted in the middle of the earth, like on both sides of the earth at the same time, like Greenwich Mean Time farted my ass out. So I have an understanding of what Greenwich Mean Time is, which is now important to the story that I'm about to tell couple of years ago now i'm back in america now we're talking you know 2015 2016 so johnny rotten puts out a book i'd seen pill live a couple of times i was all cool in london i also saw him in america so you know i did the i did the whole world thing there whatever i'm a fan um but he puts out a book uh and it was like a book of all his lyrics or something Big fucking book, by the way, there's, there's, there's clips of it on YouTube where he's, he's selling his wares. He's on talk shows talking about his book. And this thing is like this, it's the size of my, my fucking, my house. It's like, it's, it's the size of nine books put together. It's just too fucking big. Like if you drop this thing on the floor, you're going (sighs) to, I'm not going to, no, I was going to, I was going to reference the Miami uh, apartments collapsing, but that would be in bad taste. So I'm not going to go for that joke, although I'm explaining that I'm not going to be doing that joke, which is a way of telling the joke, but being a pussy about it. So I am a millennial comic. (laughs) You know what my fucking grandpa used to say? This racist joke that I don't want to fucking say, so I'm just going to put it in my grandpa's voice and not take the heat, because I'm a pussy millennial comic. Fuck you. So... I I, yeah, I bought this book and then I got entered into a, an online contest, uh, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Only only ten of us were going to get golden tickets out of the five hundred or a thousand books that were being sold. They were auctioning off a Skype conversation with Mister Leiden himself. That's Rotten's real ass name in case, you're, in case, in case, in case you can't talk, in, in case you're not aware. And so I, I won. I won. I got the email. It was like, hey, congratulations. You get to talk to Johnny online. Here, pick your time. When do you want to talk to Johnny? Do you want to talk to him noon GMT, one GMT, two GMT? And I'm watching this, now back in America, with my stupid American brain on, and I'm going, GMT? Does that mean like General Mountain Time? Must be. So I clicked for like 1 p.m. General Mountain Time. That was the thought that was in my head. Completely oblivious to the fact that Greenwich Mean Time is probably... How they were going to advertise these Skype chats specifically towards a largely British audience of fucking pill fans, public image fans, limited fans. So, dummy, dumb me, I get the uh, I get this I get the Skype call for like it's like oh yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be like early afternoon or f- whatever whatever the time was I thought it was. And then I asked my brother if I could use his computer for Skype because I'm a technological dunce. When, and this was before COVID. This is before everybody became a Zoomer, you know, world champion expert. It was like, I didn't, I, I had a Skype, but I didn't, I didn't even know how to log into it. I was like, fuck it, I suck at this shit. I'm not, I'm not I don't have production skills. I, a little bit. I, lo- I know I like audio edit, but I don't video. No, I don't. I don't, never got it, never did. Plus, my computer was garbage, and my brother had a giant computer because he is a giant nerd. So, you know, he's got, a, you know, a, a, like it looks like a TV, his computer. Big screen. You can twist it around a bit. I just had like a laptop, a little tiny screen in your face. On It's like, you know, you ever see somebody like talking to a laptop, especially now? After COVID, you've been seeing on the news, like, people staring at, and their laptop is, like, it's, like, in their lap, and they're just, like, staring down at you, like, they're 300 feet tall. It's an ugly look. Like, I don't, aesthetically, like, get a clue. No one wants to look up your nostril hairs, dude. Fucking put it on a bookshelf. Or, you know, put it on the table and sit on the floor. Do something. Give us an angle we can work with. You know, fucking 45, 90 degrees, whatever flat is. I don't know measurements either. I'm not an astronaut. I'm not in NASA. So, I get this... Skype call with Johnny Rotten, and then I tell my brother about it, and as excited as can be, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be at like, uh well, it's weird. It's going to be at like 11 general mountain time. It said GMT. And then he looked at me with an incredulous face, knowing that I had been in England for years, knowing that I had been hanging around London for years. He looked at me and said, are you sure that's not Greenwich Mean Time? And then I felt like the biggest dummy ever. So what ended up happening was, instead of this nice afternoon slot, I ended up having a Skype call at like 6 in the morning, whatever time it was, whatever the time difference was. 6, 7 in the It was just an outrageous early time. I should have picked the latest time they had, which was, still would have been like 9 o'clock, which I'm still not going to be awake for. So, because I'm in my 20s, I don't wake up, you know, early ever. So yeah, I had to like, I had to like wake up super early and, and do this, and do this Skype chat with Johnny Rotten. No. So what happened was, is that I, yeah, no, I'm hanging out in my brother's, uh, his like his bedroom and I'm staring at his computer. I'm sitting in his computer chair. My mom was there and then my mom walks into the room and she's getting like ready to go to work herself and yeah yeah we're millennials like we live with the parents right you know i mean i don't anymore but at this time it's like yeah whatever we're all broke the fucking stock market's always crashing on us we're millennials so 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 me and my my 30 year old brother still living at home um yeah he lets me use his computer and then my mom like walks into the room and she like knows i'm waiting to do this skype call at like six in the morning or whatever she's getting ready for work and then I was like, Ma, do you want to hang out and like be part of the chat? That'd be cool, right? You can meet Johnny Rotten before going to work? That'd be cool, right? Ma, come on. Ma, go to work late. It doesn't matter. We're going to meet Johnny Rotten today, Ma. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'll hang out for a minute. And so, so now we're both sitting in my brother's bedroom. And then she starts looking around the room. And it's not messy, but it's like mom messy. You know, like there's a, there's maybe a a sock or two on the nightstand or whatever. That sounds gross, but that's, that, that's a bad visual, but you know what I mean? It was just like, there might be like some clothes out of the hamper, maybe like a cup from the day before. So my mom's looking around the room and she's like, geez, this room is messy. You got to clean this room up. Like that was my mom's way of saying, Clean up this bedroom. Johnny Rotten's coming over for company. That was her. That was what she was basically saying. Clean up the room, because the guy used to get spit on on stage ten years before you were born. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna think we're bad pe- folk for having such a dirty dirt sty. <laughs> I don't know. I laughed it off. Uh, Skype call ended up coming in late because just nothing ever works on time in the world especially in show biz nice, otherwise known as show business, otherwise known as the business of the shows. So nothing ever works on time. So my mom ended up just going to work. So then it was just me. It was just me sitting in front of this computer and my brother wanted no part of it. He has no fancies of trying to be a, an entertainer in any way. Very introverted. Doesn't, doesn't do like, he, like he's you're never going to see his face on youtube for anything it's just not he's not that character so you know and me i'm like attention whore hound like i'm doing podcasts to fucking i don't even care who listens for an hour for an hour because i don't care i just i gotta i gotta create things i if it if it if the world finds my stuff and likes it good for you but if not good for me because i'm living the life i want to live which is what i do here <laughs> so. I I feel like I go into like Mitch Hedberg voice every now and again. I feel like I'm gonna live the life I wanna do, which is what I'm doing here, right now, right now. I don't know what the fuck that is, but so I'm 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 in front of the computer. Brother's in the hallway. The Skype button comes up, bloop, 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 bloop. and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And I click the Skype button johnny rotten shows up on screen and it's like i've seen so many videos of this dude on youtube that it wasn't weird to me at all to see his face on like a camera like it didn't hit me at first i wasn't like <gasps> you know it was none of that it was it was no like abrupt excitement it was just okay it was a slow burn it was like oh this is cool and then he was starts talking in his you know his Cockney accent. He's like, well. Hello, who we got there? Who we got there on the other side of Skype tonight? And then he started singing to me silently, and you know, singing sweet love songs because we fell in love in that minute. As soon as we saw each other, it was like love at first sight. <laughs> so, so I start talking and like I. I got nothing to say. This is it. This is a weird, you'd think when you meet your heroes in life, you would think you would know what to say to them, but as soon as it becomes real and they're just a person staring at you in the face, even if it is Skype, it just becomes a human experience and you just fall back on whatever people skills you have, which for most people ain't saying much like and that's and that was me as for as much shit that comes out of my mouth shit that i don't even believe in that i just end up saying because i'm trying to be an entertainer on like this podcast there's as much shit that i have and do say and probably will continue to say throughout the years i was starstruck uh like and i was just like oh hey it's great to see you man Uh, um Big fan i said all the cliche things i didn't ask any questions about fucking sid vicious because that was hacky and stupid and uh, but here's what happened the the first time i talked to johnny you know we're talking big time here i mean i talked to johnny all the time let me tell you, you know, not and johnny rod we go back a ways you know he's singing songs to me and shit the first time i talked to johnny that morning skype cuts out after like 45 seconds and i'm just like uh, I mean, it wasn't like he said goodbye and shut it off. It was just like he's in the middle of a sentence or I am. And he's like, why are you from, mate? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Minneapolis. And then the computer crashes. And that was his way of saying Minneapolis. I don't want to know those people. Who know? No, no the, the Skype crashed. That was a little joke. Ooh, it was like Donald's voice. It was, a, it was a little joke. It was a, well, it was the best joke you've ever heard. A huge joke. I'm telling you, folks, it's the best joke you ever going to hear. You're not, not going to hear anything better than it. Build that joke. So, <laughs> I don't do that impression ever. It just shows up. Because, you know, you hear voices. If you can sing, you can do other people's voices. So, they show up. So... Skype cuts out, and then I'm just like, oh, fuck, that's it. All right, whatever. That was a good, hey, I got 45 seconds with the legend. It was good enough. I He'd seen my face. That's fine to me. So I left the room. I shut off the Skype, and I left the room, and then I start talking to my brother in the hallway. And then as brothers do, we end up getting into some strange philosophical argument just about whatever. Like it does, it's just whatever it was in the world that day. But you know, since we know each other so well and have had so many arguments in life, like we just it's like we're ping-ponging ideas back and forth and it's getting just gnarly. And then I start hearing like five minutes passes, I start hearing the Skype sounds again. Boop, 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 boop And at the and in that moment, like I knew it was Johnny Rotten calling back. But at the same time, I didn't want to stop the conversation I was in because it was a good one. I was like, no, I can't. We can't hold this conversation. We're talking about the intricacies of the fucking, you know, the warfare state or whatever the fuck. So I was like, I can't take this call. Somebody call my agent and tell Johnny Ron I'm a busy man. I can't be bothered right now. So I end up, I <laughs> but and but I'm like he's like my brother's like dude, just go go go, hurry up before it stops ringing. So I run back in the room, I hit the Skype button again, and then Johnny shows up again. It's him and Rambo, not Stallone. If you're not a fan, there he has a person in his life named Rambo, who I think was a British secret agent. Maybe that maybe that's who Stallone built it on. Maybe Stallone was a big public image fan. I don't know, but anyway. So, yeah, Rotten gets back on the screen and then he's like, Well, hello, my, we had technical difficulties. You know, and I don't know if he was in England at the time or if he was in LA because he lives in LA. And if, I mean, if it was like six in the morning where I'm at, this dude was like, he just, he's up at four in the morning or something. Unless he was in England for a tour or something. I don't remember. Probably was because he was, well, he was selling that book. So, yeah, he was probably in England doing tour things. Uh, yeah we talked for another couple of minutes and again it was just me relying on my bare people skills which at the time i'm just a polite midwest boy like you know i've got a lot of raging artistic thoughts but i don't have a lot of backing for them i don't have a big fan club to turn me into some kind of diva character so it's just no it's just me humble little spirit here and i was just like i just want to say johnny i uh I'm a songwriter myself. I'm a big fan of your work, and all your your songs have have uh, you know engrossed my life greatly. And whatever words I said, some nice things enhanced. I believe I that was the word I said. Your your songs have enhanced my life. I think I said that three or four times because I was panicky and I didn't know what else to say. Uh, but yeah, and then at one point I was like, I mean, I wish I had a million things to say to you. And then he just like, he started giggling and he's like, well, I'm glad you don't smite. You know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, the dude does a billion interviews a year. He's heard the same fucking Sid Vicious questions a billion times. So I was wise enough to know not to ask like, Hey man, what kind of sneakers did Sid wear? You know, I saw in a photo he had on like, uh, some Vans. But I thought, according to the biography blog I read, Sid was more into sketchers or whatever fucking sneakers were out in the '70s. Just some nerd fucking bitch questions, you know, like comic book guy on The Simpsons. Uh, but according to uh, episode C three F five, Scratchy plays the xylophone on Itchy's stomach, but it makes a C noise instead where a D flat should be. You remember that joke? If I I didn't tell it correctly in the right rhythm but yeah no i don't want to be that person so i just said some nice things and then uh, you know i don't know then he starts he's you know he's talking about his book he's you know he's like yeah you know i asked him a question like are you gonna ever do like a like a biopic movie because that i'd seen the documentaries for the bands sex pistols and pill so i'm like i've seen these documentaries or whatnot uh like are you ever gonna do like a biopic like a hollywood movie or something and then he was like no mate no but we got a pill documentary coming out and so we don't we don't want to do uh you know and i don't think he said anything else about the biopic i years later i asked uh the dude who did the pill uh uh biography you know the documentary i asked him if he was ever thinking about maybe doing a biopic and then he had the perfect answer he's like no biopics are always stupid and they never capture reality documentaries capture reality it's the best you're ever going to get something like that but not as abrupt as i say it and once I got that, like, reply online, I was like, good point, good point, yeah, I don't ever want to see a biopic. And now they're doing a biopic of the Sex Pistols, some fucking guy in England, and then the band is fighting with each other whether or not to have, like, the music allowed in the, sh- the show. And I don't know, it's like one of those things, it's like, I, I might want to watch it, but I kind of don't. Like I've never seen that fucking movie they did with Roger Ebert, whatever it was called, the Malcolm McLaren Sex Pistols movie. I've never watched it. I don't want to watch that shit. Because that's not the band. That that was just whoring merchandise. Which is something I should get better at in my professional career. But I'm still not a giant fan of. So I don't get into all I don't I don't find anything fantastic about whoring merchandise. Even though I should. Hey, you know, I got books on Amazon you can buy. Coloring books. Uh, Go look up Witch or Treat. It's a witch coloring book. You can buy it for Halloween or if you're a 15-year-old going through a goth phase. Witch or Treat coloring book. Buy it on Amazon. Now, the Johnny story wraps up like this. Uh, Basically, I I have two dogs. They're giant Labradors and they are they're little vicious as themselves you know what i mean i i said in a podcast a while back like we're the asshole family on the block every block in america and the world that has dogs has a family living on it that has they're the asshole family like they're the ones with the dogs that are not trained the one they bite the other dogs they're typically a mess and i remember growing up those were the neighbors across the street for me and i thought poorly of them and i thought what is wrong with these people fix your dogs so our little dot hound over here doesn't have problems in with anxiety but now reverse the situation now we have the asshole dogs and we're that neighbor on the block and my opinion of it is eh, well, whatever deal with it not my problem i don't give a fuck what are you going to do? They're dogs. They're fucking Labradors. The two of them. And they're big fucking Labradors. And they're just, they're like six years old. So they're full of energy, 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 energy all the time. So as I'm in my talk with Johnny, now the second talk I've had was Johnny, you know, second talk that morning, big important person I am. The dogs try to rush into the room. And then my brother is trying to like hold them back, but he can only hold one back. So the other one is like standing in the doorway and it's just wagging its tail all excitedly. And it's just hitting the door like whap, whap, whap. <laughs> and so Johnny Rotten hears this. And so he gets this questionable look on his face and then he, he he's like, Hey, what's uh, what's all the banging all about? Oh, you know, whatever, whatever accent he uses. I keep trying to do poorly. And I was like, oh, those are just the dog's tails hitting the door. And then he laughs. (laughs) The dog's tails. (laughs) So, eventually, brother can't hold them both back, and he doesn't want to show up on camera. So he, he holds back one of the dogs, and then the other dog comes running through, and it's my giant redhead dog named Curly, who is sitting next to me right now. Hello, Curly. Say something to the podcast. Okay, take a nap. It's your nap time. So Curly rushes into the room and he sits down next to me. And so at that point, you know, Johnny notices there's a dog and he's like, oh, let me see him or whatever. So I tilt the, the computer, the, the, the screen down. So now there's just like a full shot of me and Curly. And then there's Johnny Rod on the computer and And it's three adorable, aggressive redheads having a smile together. That's a moment in my life. That's my fucking hey, hey, my, my moment, you know? (laughs) I didn't didn't get to write a cool song like Neil Young did, but I got to have a smile on camera. Me and my redheaded dog and my redheaded face and old the ginger legend himself. All three of us, all fucking Irish looking faced. Or whatever, I don't, whatever that, you know, so, yeah, that was like, that was the moment, that was the moment I wanted, and then, you know, and then a minute after that, it was like, we just, it was, I, I had nothing more to say, and Johnny's like, well, you know, it was good talk to you, may the sun be at your back, and at your wind up your arse, and And he said some, like, pirate thing, you know, some british Britishy pirate thing, you know, it's like a pirate culture over there, like, if you go over to England, they just fucking, you take a bath, you gotta walk into a plank. You know, you gotta walk off a plank and splash sploosh in the tub. You know? I actually went to that, uh... What was that pirate ship they got? It was like the one that won the war against Spain. And it's down in like the British naval yards. It's the victory. Uh, Admiral Nelson! Now, oh yeah, he went to war against, I think it was the French. I wanna say. or Yeah, it was Napoleon. And... He had he had saved England from Napoleon by winning a, a battle on this boat, and then he ended up getting shot in the battle, and then he died, and so like they I don't like he got buried whatever he's like a national hero over there like they got him in the middle of London on the fucking the fucking cement statue thing, right in front of the library or whatever the museum. <laughs> the nelson statue it's in trafalgar square i can't think of the words anymore it's been too many years i haven't been to fucking blighty in so long i gotta think of this shit folks i gotta keep talking while i'm thinking you ever try that you ever try that in your life talking and thinking i've been listening to you i've been listening to a whole lot of you people you don't have the skills believe me this shit ain't easy i got 46 minutes in am i gonna do another 15 might as well so i'm not a pussy podcaster that cuts it short now that i'm doing hour-long broadway shows Broadway, meaning the professional wrestling term for a sixty-minute match. I don't know if it's in much usage anymore. In that art world experiment, art world experiment. Is it a beetle? A beetle? A beetle? A beetle? We're gonna do phonics now. I'm going to do phonics. (laughs) Oh yeah, no. So it's a fucking. I'm on the Nelson boat, and and it was me and my friend uh, Kevin from Milwaukee we're both in the air force at this time in england and we go to visit the boat to go do some tourist shit like i said this was the boat that got shot up by napoleon's army in france they ended up winning the war but the dude died fighting france so we're like we're checking out you know all the stuff all the cannons the poop deck the captain's quarters whatever and then you get to crawl into like the bottom of the boat I don't know what the bottom of a boat is called. I'm not a naval person, so I'm just gonna call it the boat bottom. We're in the boat bottom, the very far reaches, like in the storage. Like if you're playing a video game and you just you know you go through like nine rooms and then you hit the wall at the like the and you're like oh I went the wrong way shit I can't I gotta go back through the other nine fucking rooms again. And it gets you like irritated because you just it spent all that time. Well, anyway, that was what it was like. It was like we were in the bottom of the boat. In the bottom of the boat. Storage. There was nothing but a wall in front of us. We had to turn back and travel up all the stairs again just to get to the top. And as soon as me and my buddy Kevin from Milwaukee were about to turn around and go up the stairs, a billion French children flooded the space. Like, they just... Just, they came in, they were little kids, like eight, nine years old, they were speaking French, (laughs) however the fucking French talk, I don't care, it's not an impression I want to do. I stink at it, I don't, but as a child, like, (laughs) Eiffel Tower, Disney lore of the Goose, everything turns into dice clay after a while. Goose, 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 goose. Uh, you come from France, you want an Eiffel tower. Goose, goose. You know, whatever. I, I stink at those impressions. <laughs> <laughs> but I can do a Donald. It's the greatest Donald you've ever heard. It's so impressive. It's. I mean, you've heard better impressions of this, but this one is the best you've ever heard. <laughs> so, so that no, I just found it ironic. I was like, I'm in Nelson's boat, and I'm getting. I'm getting rushed by French children. Like, that was the punchline that I fucking should have got to a, a minute ago. Would have been a nice way to end that story, but instead I went into a Donald Trump impression. Ruined the rhythm. So, sorry, this isn't a pop song. I'm gonna veer off in a few different directions because my life was enhanced by Johnny Rotten. Hey, hey, my, my, Mayan calendar's ending. Hope hand of God doesn't come out of the sky. I'm just making things up now. I've literally got nothing else to say. I think the tacos I ate at the top of the the program, at the talk of the program, talk of the hour to you here on talk radio. I think the tacos I eat, I eat, (laughs) I eaten, I've eaten, I aided, whatever one of those words is correct. I don't know. I don't work for NASA. I don't know math. But I think those are digested, and I am probably going to have an explosive Greenwich Mean Time-like fart in probably the next ten minutes, right after this show is done, maybe you'll get to hear a little bit of it. You like all these callbacks I'm doing now? That's all I'm doing. I'm just I set up all these shitty stories at the beginning of the show, and now I'm just flooding you with callbacks. Two girls ran a train on me in Liverpool. I don't even know how that works. Was it a a dildo train or were they just fingering me, vagina style? <laughs> I I I can try to make that joke work, but it's just not going to happen so yeah no that's that's the whole basic johnny rotten story that was like a youth teenager thing that i never got into but i got into it later in life when i think i needed it getting back to where all this shit started from i read his biography anger is an energy i also yeah i know the song it's it's not called anger is an energy uh up uh, not not gonna come up with it right now I can you know, i I'll, I'll google it I'll be a good host all right pill albums I think it's just called album uh yeah <laughs> pill records you know if this was any other time in my life I would have known this song immediately but this morning no I just don't have uh just don't have the brainwaves to not at ease. It's on that album. It was on that album they did with Ginger Baker. Speaking of gingers. Pill album. But anyway, all right, I'll keep talking. It's called Anger is an Energy. That's the name of the title of the book. And I think anger is a valuable resource. If you know how to process it correctly. Now, it's, it's one that people don't know how to process correctly. So it can get dangerous. It can get weird. And... That's why there's there's all these fucking bogus anger management classes. And that's why there's, I mean, there's a lot that can go wrong. So it's not all bogus, but it's like anger is a very misunderstood energy. Anger is useful for, well, in some ways for capturing your memories correctly. Because sometimes you live in this floaty little universe of your own where you think, like, oh yeah, everything was good and great. The song was called Rise. Jeez, I wish I knew that. I don't know if it was in the key of G's, but the song is called Rise. Rise. Anger is an energy. I think it was about apartheid. Something like that. It was in the 80s. Uh, it's one of those like black and white, let's get together songs. Very punk rock. Uh yeah, but uh yeah, so anger is one of those emotions that you know, you need to know how to process. And if you can process it correctly if you know how it's useful and how not to get overboard with it like it's just something you got to learn on your own i can't i'm not a psychologist i'm not like a a guru i don't know how to explain how to do that but if you realize like you're just being emotional and, and because you you're being emotional because there are things going on probably that you don't fully have a grasp of and so, because you feel a little out of control, you get aggressive, and that aggression can turn to anger, and if it gets any worse than that, like, if you get into, like, rage, then you're in bad, a bad way. So, anger can be useful. Know not to, like, try to do too much with it, with, like, actions in your life. Like, don't take your anger out. You know what I mean? Like, the anger, let it kind of, sit with it, sleep on it. Like I said, go to bed, with fuck, take a nap on it. It's anger. It's, fu- it's you know, it'll be useful. But not now. It's not now. It's useful if you can process that emotion so that you can become an adult. And, and, I mean, that's kind of the process, right? Like, anger is just, it's a useful uh, emotion like any other emotion. Simply, but it it, it takes a mature adult to, to be wise about it or whatever. I don't know. I'm saying all this for all you young kids out there. I don't know what ages you are. Maybe you're the little French children that I met on a boat one day. Maybe maybe somehow you've become Johnny Rotten fans and now you've stumbled onto this podcast and you've put up with me until the 55 minute mark. When my phone starts beeping uncontrollably. It's like the red light you get as a as a comic. They let you know that you got a minute left on stage. Well, this is the 55 minute mark. And I didn't do fifty five minutes of comedy, so i did i did I did fourteen jokes maybe I don't know go count them I don't care <laughs> so I don't know if I did an hour's worth of comedy content, even though this is classified as a comedy podcast show on anchor FM and iTunes and wherever else um but I don't know I mean I try to be a little more than just fun here because I don't know how to do two hours of f- fresh comedy every two weeks. When I'm on my schedule, like I said, this one, I I just did a podcast four days ago and now I'm doing one now because I'm, I'm using this podcast as a way to like, you know, just like meter out my, my, all the anger and aggression and just the, the upper feelings I'm getting right now I've, I've had today. Um, uh, because I mean, I'm not going to, I mean, I got to process them somehow. They've got to process into something creatively into some other outlet, so that they they can become a healthy emotion, you know, because otherwise you just become devastated by the emotions if you don't process them. And that's why outlets are necessary. That's why creative things happen. That's why creative people are generally peaceful, easy-feeling people. I'm going to start singing the Eagles now, Uh, because creative people tend tend to process these things. We don't hold it in, you know, you don't let it sit until it becomes unmanageable because you can't manage stuff like you think you can. You think you can. Have a little confidence in yourself. Sure, like, yeah, you know, I can manage my emotions. Well, of course you can. You know what they are. They're you. But at some points in your life, something else might take over if you don't have a proper outlet to process things. So that's kind of how I started all this shit. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen to... No, for sure. Um, because all I really knew when I started this show was I ate tacos. That's how it all started. The rest of this has been an improvisation mixed in with a couple of stories I've tried to write, but I've and maybe I've podcasted about before, but without much success. You know, so I don't. I don't like. I don't know. But but that's how I process my emotions. I I, I just, uh, I find my outlets. Today it's a podcast. Tomorrow it's probably a song. Maybe it's a joke. I was writing jokes earlier this morning. I am now stalling for time. (laughs) Because I'm sincerely out of gas. I got two minutes left. I got two minutes left in your ear. What can I do in two minutes? Good lord. Alright, here, I'll read you the jokes I wrote this morning. Because that's the only place I have left to go. All I got for you people is funny. I don't have anything popular for you. I don't know what you're doing at the popular parties, but I know what they're doing in the funny world. So, today's word of the day was tread. How many ways can you make a joke out of the word tread? I had six jokes. Some of them probably won't make sense as speech. They're probably more suitable for writing, but I'll try to say them as best I can. Joke one. Tread. Joke one. Knowing proper English makes all the difference between I can tread and I can't read. Joke two. Instead of drowning his dates, he should have just ran them over. That way we could have called him Tread Kennedy. Joke three. To make the militia more people-friendly, we've decided to replace Don't Tread on Me with the more patriotic Tread White and Blue. Joke four. I have the case of (laughs) tread... I'm trying to use character voices. Joke four. I have a case of treads. It's like having a case of Tourette's, but with a better feel for the road. There's a better road rage joke there. I don't know how to word it. Joke five. I like to tread lightly. Although sometimes I tread after dusk. I said that like a voiceover commercial. Buy new uh, Oreos. Tread lightly. And joke six, which is really a written joke. A tread is just a T-Rex who knows the alphabet. Because they both start with T-R, which I've capitalized. And then a T-read. It's just a T-Rex. It's a very written joke. (laughs) It's, It's... Silly. Anyway, that was the show. I love you.